Okay, let's talk some energy and the move in crude oil and the role it plays in the Fed's decision-making process on fighting inflation. Joining us from the Abraham Trading Company, President Salem Abraham joining us this afternoon. Salem, great to have you here on the show. Thanks for being with us. Oliver, great to be with you. Appreciate that. So first thing that jumps out to me, let's cut to the chase. I see in your notes that you see $200 crude oil, a barrel on the horizon. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of fascinating factors at play that we've got going, Oliver, with crude oil right now. Um, there's there's a lot, and when you, you've got to sort through and understand when you have a lot going on, you have to look at what's the most important thing that's going on. And, um, you know, I, I've run a hedge fund for 31 years, run a mutual fund now, and, um, and so, and have been involved in the oil and gas and renewables markets um, for, um, yeah, over 30 years. And so what, what's interesting to me, the most important thing that I think your viewers ought to consider is, so back in December of 19, uh, we had worldwide, there was 1,100 rigs drilling new wells because these wells, you know, we've got 100 million barrels of oil produced, to, uh, produced every day. Um, but those wells, if you don't drill new wells, they're going to shrink down and they're going to go down 5% or so a year, 5, 6%. Well, so you got to always, you got to keep running to stay in place. Well, so in December 19, there's 1,100 rigs. That went down to uh, below 400 rigs operating. And where do you think it is now? Now, oil's up 66%. Uh, gas, natural gas is up four times. Um, and you'd expect, I think most reviewers would say, well, it ought to be more than 1,100 because it was only $60 back in 2019. December of 2019. So now instead of at 1100, we're at 830. And so uh, 830 rigs, 25% less with prices up as much as they are. And that's, and all this time, Oliver, we've had, we've had production been declining during COVID and it hasn't been a problem because the demand has been off. But I think over the next 12 to 18 months, demand's gonna slingshot back and um, and we'll just be too far behind on this um, mm. with supply. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Where do you see the demand coming from? We just talked about China's economy trying to reopen. Uh, ours here, it seems like when prices drop, people are ready to go fill back up the tank. But does that trend expire uh, if uh, their stocks are going down and the wealth effect has reversed? Well, I think back to what you were saying, you know, the earlier in the show about jobs. I think people have jobs. I think the other thing is everyone's, you know, they're. I think they're too excited about raising interest rates. Um, you know, we're we're at a three percent ten-year rate, Oliver, right? And that's still one of the lowest interest rates, ten-year rates we've had in the past hundred and fifty years. So it's not like you know, 5%, 6%, um, those don't kill economies. You could double the interest rate and economies function just fine. Um, it's a higher cost, but it's not the end of the world. And so I think people are gonna have jobs, people are gonna go travel, they wanna get out and go do things. I think China, you mentioned China, China, their oil imports in June were one of the lowest they've been um, in, I think it was 40 month low. And so, and they've ticked up here in the last month uh, the imports have, and I think so China is going to be good. And I think eventually people are going to say, look, the Fed can raise rates, um, but that isn't going to kill uh, the economy. That's going to slow it down like they want. Um, but And quite frankly, I don't know how raising interest rates uh, reduces the price of crude oil. Um, so I don't think that works. I mean, it, it increases the cost of business, but um, but it's not going to stop this oil market from moving up.
How uh, will drillers, in your mind, respond if we start moving towards uh, 200 bucks? If it looks like uh, $100 is a level that maybe maintains, like I can totally get why a driller wouldn't, uh, you know, go back into the ground on a big geopolitical spike that could pass and change overnight. But if it looks like crude can maintain a $100 level, will some of those oil counts start to pick up? No, it. It can, but but know this. So we were at ninety dollar oil before Russia invaded Ukraine. We were right there anyway. So we True. weren't far from these levels. Um, next, um, the price, uh, you know, inflation is is at work in drilling a new well. So the cost of drilling a new oil or gas well is up twenty five percent, twenty to thirty percent from what it was a couple of years ago. So in some ways, you know. Maybe 100 is the new 50 and 200 is a new 100. You know, when everything costs more, it doesn't make sense to drill it. And that's what I think part of what's happening is it just doesn't make sense to drill wells as much at 100 as it used to. Um, the next, the, the last thing that's interesting and fascinating for me um, as an investor is the peer pressure, the anti-carbon fuel peer pressure to say, look, we we don't want to invest in carbon fuel. And I understand we all want a cleaner planet. We've got global warming. We've got issues we got to deal with. But to not invest in oil and gas is just going to create high prices. And and um, and so I, I think that's at work, too. There's this peer pressure of if you invest in oil and gas, you know, you're a bad person. You hate your kids. You hate the planet. You're not coming to the country club because we don't like you. And so it's easier for people just to say, we're not going to invest there. Well, and so that's where I just think there's a lot of reasons for oil to go up. There's not many to make it go down. Well, they got country clubs in Texas, right? I guess it depends which country club. <laughs> uh, but point taken. They do. Uh, what, tell us about your namesake fund, uh, the, the Abraham Fortress Fund. What's the strategy there? What type of oil and energy exposure? I take it there is a strong energy position, I, I would think, based on what you're telling us. Well, well, we what we do is we um, we have we have stocks, we have bonds, and then we also have hedge funds in there. Uh, and so the unique thing we do in our mutual fund is having hedge funds as part of it's instead of just two pillars uh, pillars of diversification, we have that third pillar of hedge funds. And we typically like um, the managed future space, global macro. We like um, currency traders, and we have um, you know some commodity traders, spread traders, and oil. But then two, as a ex hedge fund trader, we also put on trades at times. And right now, we like we like owning crude oil. We have a small crude oil position in futures um, in our fund because it we think it helps hedge against some of the inflation and the st and stocks. Um, you know, if crude goes to two hundred, it's not going to be good for stocks. So in some ways, it hedges our our stock portfolio a bit. We like the diversification, Oliver. Okay. Uh, uh, Salem, thanks for the uh, explanation, the thoughts on the energy space. Fascinating stuff. Appreciate you bringing us uh, uh, the intel. You're good. Good to be with you, Oliver. Absolutely. Looking forward to continuing the conversation. Salem Abraham, president of Abraham Trading Company, with the bullish take on crude oil prices, Fort X, the fund.